Well, hello, 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 everyone, and happy Friday to you. This is Alvin King. I'm your host of He Said, He Said, He Said, a look at the world from a seasoned Black man's perspective. I hope everybody has had a great week. Um, I know that I have been busy as all outdoors, but as always, I am very happy to be with you guys and, and, and thank you for, for tuning in. Well, um, this show has just been so much fun putting together for a number of reasons. First of all, I have had the opportunity before it is released on September the 6th to read an amazing book by an author by the name of Kerry Allen Johnson. And he's here tonight to talk about his debut novel, uh, Desire Lines. The book is about a young uh, gay black man who navigates early childhood uh, or adulthood in the 1980s uh, against the background of the AIDS epidemic. His, his the journey that takes him from Brooklyn to Zaire and then back again as he cycles through a series of different identities, the good boy, the party boy, the Peace Corps volunteer, the graduate student, and crack addiction before he finally begins to arrive at his truest self. Carrie's book is not, it doesn't, it doesn't only track the transformation of his characters, which are, I mean, amazing, but it also transforms the reader like me. And I'm going to tell you when we interview Carrie, I'm going to share with him something that happened to me while I was reading the book. But he is here tonight to talk about his book, Desire Lines, and I want everybody to go out and get it uh, when, when it is available. We are also, ladies and gentlemen, bringing back a very important segment of the show, we See You, where Vash and I recognize and feature Black-owned and operated businesses. And tonight, we're going to talk to a gentleman who has launched a clothing and apparel brand, uh, Harlem Boy Collection. The owner, Rich Lalit, is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've been knowing this brother for a long time, and it's just so good to see him doing what he does. And let me tell you, he's a triple threat, and, 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 and we're going to talk about that also uh, later on. But um, again, thank you all for joining us tonight. So let's get this show on the road and get my, you know, partner in crime, you know, the man who helps me do what I do, my co-host, Mr. Vosh Bodhi. Hey, Alvin King. Hey, Vosh Bodhi. I love the way you say Alvin King. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but the way you say Alvin King, it, it, it makes me feel so important. Okay. <laughs> you are good. You are smart and you are important. I'm kind. I'm kind. <laughs> How are you doing today, man? I am doing all right. Look, I'm getting a little traumatized because it's starting to get a little warm. And I remember when it was really, really hot and it is just in my DNA and I'm just like getting a little freaked out. But otherwise, it has just been a glorious week, busy, but just really great, amazing things happening. How about yeah. you? I, I've been doing pretty good, you know, like you, but you know, you talked about it getting warm. Here it got in DC, excuse me, it got kind of chilly. Um, you know, chilly mean it went down to the 60s uh, a couple of nights. And for me, I think that's a trick. My body doesn't do well. It's summer, so it, it should be hot. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And so it it, it was kind of tricky, and I even started getting some sniffles and and you know jump right on that. But I think it's all all due to the weather. But all in all, I've been having a great week. And again, as always, I'm just here, happy to be with you another week, man. You know, you know exactly. Happy to be with everyone who's here. Like you know, there's already people chiming in the way that they do to let us know that they're here with us. Oh, hey, Monica. Monica's here already. Hey, Lady Monica, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, and, and, and again, let me just say, while everybody's still coming in here, Vosh and I have had the opportunity to read this amazing book before it hits, I mean, before it, it, it's available on September the 6th, but you will be able to pre-order it, and the author is here to tell you how you can do that. But, um, you know, Vosh, this week, um, I mean, of course, there, there's been a lot going on. And so I just thought that, you know, I would take a, a different approach to just talking about something today. I, this is not a dish, but I read the news that Tevin Campbell came out. Were you looking at a newspaper from 1980-something? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, that he did that a long time ago, didn't he? I, you know, if I'm not mistaken, again, no tea, no shade. Right. But I could have sworn I read that 
someplace else like 10 years ago. At least, at least Tevin has been out for a long, long time. I, I, I thought, but it made headlines and you know, I, I and, and, and that's what made me ask you, I think, I, yeah, I called you, I said, Vosh, do people still use the term coming out? And yeah, they do. There, there's like national coming out day, you know? <sighs> okay. Well, it's I, October I, 11th. As a matter of fact, it's coming up really quickly. Well, maybe that's why he did it. But you know what? I will come out again too. <laughs> I have something to tell you. <laughs> and I hope you will love me just the same. I'm going to love you the same. <laughs> please, please, please come out again. Okay, okay. No, seriously. I, you know, there's so much going on. You know, we, 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 we do our Let's Get Newsy shows and there's a lot going on. But I, I didn't want to get too involved with everything that's going on because we can do a whole show of just what's going on, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. It's just so much. So um, I just want to, I'm ready to get into talking to this author about this amazing book um, that has really touched me. And I am not joking. I I felt like it was me he was writing about as in, as, as doing points of the book. Wow. It, really? Yeah, okay. it, it, it was that intense. Um, so if we can go ahead and, you know, uh, make this introduction and, and, and get this wonderful guy in the house, I'm ready to uh, to go with it. Right on, right on. I mean, it's it's an amazing piece of fiction. And, you know, I know it has touched you in many, many amazing ways. Um, as a matter of fact, after talking to you, all I could hear was pull up to my bumper by <laughs> okay. Chris Jones, uh, and we will talk to Carrie and see if that actually fits into the soundtrack that he has in mind for his film version of this movie. But I can't wait. I think this is going to be an amazing conversation, and I think people will really appreciate um, it. And yes, Monica, we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Carrie Allen Johnson is an author, an activist, an Africanist raised in Brooklyn, New York. A public health and HIV specialist, Carrie is currently the country director for Population Services International in Buandai, Central uh, Africa. A longtime innovator in national and international queer politics and cultural activism, he was a founder of several groundbreaking organizations, including Black Heart Collective, Gay Men of African Descent, other countries, and the International Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the He Said, He Says stage, Mr. Kerry Allen Johnson. Hey. Hey, Hello. Kerry. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Good to see you guys. Good to be here. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for joining us. And ladies and gentlemen, okay, never say that you can't get up to do anything because Kerry... <laughs> It's, it is one o'clock in the morning where he is, okay? So don't, don't, when it's time for you to do something and we need you here, don't talk about time because Carrie's a perfect example of, of what it takes to, when, when you make a commitment. So Carrie, thank you for, for, for joining us tonight, man. Thank you. Well, I, I took two naps. <laughs> one earlier and then one just a couple hours ago. That's uh, hilarious. What, what so you, how would you say glad to be here in the language spoken uh, where you are? You know what? Um, I, I do not speak Kirundi, which is the sort of mother tongue of Burundi, but in French, which is the sort of uh, the national language, I would say bonsoir, et je suis très content d'être ici avec vous. Achanté. Merci, pareillement. <laughs> si. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, oui. Oui. <laughs> oui. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. Carrie, do me a favor and, you know, take about 90 seconds to tell our audience a bit about yourself. And, um, you know, I know we're going to talk about it, but if you could just, you know, briefly tell us about the story world you've created um, with Desire Lines. Sure. Uh, first, thanks so much for having me. This is one of the first interviews I've done. And you know, um, in preparation for the release of the book. And uh, it's good to be with brothers. And, you know, especially when I see the work that you guys are doing, um, in, in, you know, through media in the community. So thank you for having me. Um, you know, the, the, the book uh, and me <laughs> sort of, uh, you, know, you know, sort of came of age. My narrator and myself both came of age in the, in the, in the 1980s. Um, in New York, and uh, you know, as I think what 
going to talk about and I'm sure you heard about and you know those were trying times and uh, uh, so uh, well myself I you know I I, um, I was a Peace Corps volunteer myself in uh, in Congo and uh, that sort of launched me on a career in in, in public health and I have worked you know in the United States and in Africa for most of my life now most of my career and uh uh i am uh, uh currently living in burundi in, in central africa um but i've worked in a whole bunch of countries including haiti and um you know pretty much throughout africa and i i, I saw on one of your previous shows you 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 sort of stood in solidarity with the people of ukraine um alvin and i thought you even had on the blue and the yellow and I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. And I, I had a chance to work. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I had a chance to work in Ukraine during the sort of the, the sort of populist uprising. And so, you know, I've had some wonderful opportunities to see a lot um, in the world and, you know, and in my community, working in, 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 the, in the Black A community in, in New York and in the Northeast. And so, you know, I, I've tried to give back and, uh, the book is another example of that, um, probably the most personal example of that. Mm. Thank you. I, yeah, I, it's, it seems so clear that it's so, that there's a lot of you in it, but we're gonna get to some of that. So your book has actually been described as riveting. Mm. I'm gonna say steaming. Okay. Ripping, raw, <laughs> unflinching, and, I'm, and right. someone said, and I'm gonna quote, unputdownable. How would you describe Desire Labs? <laughs> Those all sound good to me. Uh, <laughs> every, uh, like, like Bible. <laughs> See, this you is know. how we ask these questions. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, uh, how would I describe it? You know, um, it, okay. It, the, the book is about three things. Um, it's about uh, friendship. Mm -hmm. uh, and the ways in which friendship, you know, gets us through. Um, and, you know, whether that be the friendships with our sort of our, our, our buddies, our male buddies, or whether that's the friendship with, you know, close female friends, of which, of which I've had many, um, and which, you know, the character holds as, as, as very um, important in his life. And, um, but, you know, you mentioned steamy and like none of the reviewers thus far have, have said steamy, but I love that because I, you know, in the 1980s and I hope today, um, sex was, uh, was, is a huge part of our lives. And I think, you know, as, as queer men, um, for myself and hopefully others have the space to sort of embrace that kind of sexuality, that, um, choices around sexuality. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, and, and so I didn't run away from writing about, um, sex and, and, and love. Um, and, you know, in the first, I think, you know, the, the, the very first chapter of the book is set in the rambles in Central Park. And, you know, I wrote that, I, I rewrote that chapter several times because I said, ah, no, you know what, you, you don't want your character like having, you know, anonymous sex in the first chapter of the book. And then I said, why not? Um, that was part of the experience in the 80s, part of the experience for some people today. And it was real. Um, and and, and uh, so at one point I wrote the chapter and, you know, he has this experience as he meets these um, guys and he leaves the park. And then I said, that's not the truth. And so so I think what, I, what you know, the book has been described as unflinching. And I... I didn't flinch when I wrote it. Um, and I, I hope that I'm not going to flinch now. It's interesting because writing the book is one thing. And, you know, you're in your, you're in your study and you're writing, you're writing, you're writing, sharing. Um, but then putting it into the world, you know, uh, having people talk about it um, is, is another. And I hope that I'm not going to flinch um, as I put the book into the world. Well, if, if, if you do flinch, I hope it has something to do with you applauding yourself, okay? I hope, I hope, I, does flinching come with applauding yourself? Because uh, you, or, or pearl clutching, um, because <laughs> you, 
you have just done a, a tremendous job. And I know, you know, Vaj had just asked you to do or have used words from other people to describe your book. I saw it as a coming out story also, which um, was, was very important to me in certain chapters of, of your book. And my original question, to be honest with you, um, before you started talking, was going to ask you, why did you pick this moment um, during the onset of AIDS, the AIDS epidemic to tell this story? So I'm going to go ahead. You, you kind of answered it. So I, I'm, I'm going to I want to ask it again because I want to go someplace else with it. So why did you use um, this moment in time during the AIDS epidemic to tell your story? You know, the idea of coming of age um, at a moment when the belief, um, practically the sure knowledge that you and all your friends were going to die um, is a chilling way to come of age. And it had tremendous impact on the men of, 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 of my era. Um, and and I, I think that story has, has, hadn't been told up until now. You know, I, there've been some wonderful books written about um, the HIV crisis, um, you know, um, uh, the band played on, um, um, Andrew Holleran's Dancer from the Dance, you know, I, I could just list a, a bunch of them, but none of them have been written from the perspective of African-American um, uh, gay men. And uh, we've been sort of like, you know, you take something like Angels in America, an amazing right. piece yeah. of, of literature, we're, we're sort of, you know, ancillary characters, you know, we're, but, and I thought the, that the experience of, of HIV and the, the entire experience of the 80s, um, you know, was particular um, for Black gay men. Um, we did not have the support systems, you know, uh, that, that um, our white uh, brethren had, you know, the GMHCs weren't created for us. So there was a whole different, um, you know, uh, you know, sort of uh, hysteria almost um, that we experienced as a community, and you know these response mechanisms that we we had to build, and we did. And you know, some of us sank, some of us swim swam, but we um, we we survived. Um, and I think that you know that that story that there's a whole generation, my generation of black gay men who, um, you know, uh, who, who had a life experience that people don't know. And um, I, 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 that was, for my first book, you know, it was essential for me that that was the story that I needed to tell. And I thoroughly appreciate that. Um, we hear people a lot now talking about the trauma that children are experiencing having lived through, you know, two years of COVID. Right. What not a lot of people talk about is the trauma that a lot of gay men experienced living through the whole AIDS experience. A generation of gay men were lost. And a lot of, there's a gap. There's a complete gap in terms of everything, in terms of how to behave as a gay person, how to look after each other as gay people, et cetera, that are lost, that I believe your book does a, a lot to try to bridge. And I just thank you for, for doing that. Well, thanks. You know, statistically, you know, most of us survived, <laughs> um, but it feels, I mean, the, the loss you know, it, it, it was it was almost like you know there was a like you know this is this HBO series the, the leftovers where you know these you know you know one tenth of the population just gets you know sort of disappears one day and you know I, I liken it um, to that though it was not a a you know sort of a spontaneous disappearance it was it was ugly it was yes. painful it was disastrous but this. You know, and there's a, 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 a chapter in the book uh, called uh, Vanishing, where um, the narrator is in a nightclub, um, uh, which nightclub is it? Midtown 43. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I don't, I use real places in the book. And, you know, he's had a bit much to drink. He's had a bit much to sniff. And he, and 
uh, you know, so he's it, it becomes a little bit of magical realism, and and people in the nightclub who he knows, you know, start sort of disappearing just so, so spontaneously, and 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 that's kind of how it felt. Um, you would not see someone for a while, you know, and then wonder where they were, and then hear that they, you know, had uh, gone. And um, but still, you know, the thing is, you have to live. You have to keep going. I mean, and. Uh, and we did, um, you know, not always in the healthiest of ways, but, you know, we, we kept, you know, moving um, and trying to, trying, to, trying to make lives for ourselves as, as, as young men. We did that. We did that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned that you used real places. I mean, because you do, you take us on a journey through what it was like in the 80s, being black and gay um, in a major city, you know, did you do research or is this based on your real life experience? Yeah, I did research. Uh, up in those nightclubs <laughs> and up in those bathhouses and up in the brambles. I did, I did the research. Um, you were the person with the book that I saw? All right. <laughs> with, the, with the journal, just like <laughs> uh, I, I, I sort of, you know, just kept mental notes. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, you know, those are the places in which we, um, you know, uh, they, they were for sex for sure, um, but they were also places where we met our, where we met people who became our friends. I mean, yeah. the whole concept of, a, you know, a fuck buddy, you know, somebody who, you know, you, you meet in a sexual context, right? And who, you know, you, you, that's how you get to know them. And, and, you know, and the sex part may peter out, but, you know, you, you, you got a good, you got a good buddy, you know? Um, and like my favorite characters in the book, I mean, I, you know, I, I love Regina. I love, you know, many of the characters, but my two favorite characters are, um, Jeff and Lil Pete, who are the narrator's bar buddies, um, because you know, and, and it's, they they know each other only in the context of the club, um, and that doesn't. I don't. I, it, that is not meant to sound like it is not intimate. No. Um, right. 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 Exactly. We had bar buddies, right? Like that right. was your bar right. buddy. Like, mm -hmm. and you were good friends. You met them. You you banked on them. You saw them sometimes more than you saw your family. That's right. Absolutely That's right. right. That's and right. they could, and they meant just as much to you. You yeah. know. Um, so, well, you, mm -hmm. you 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 talked about you know your favorite character. One of what and being little Pete and uh, uh, and the other gentleman in, in the Pete, bar. Actually. Huh? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I fell in love with Miss, Mr. Zogby. Oh. Everybody needs a Mr. Zogby in their life. Oh, that character sure. was like the most, I mean, he stood out the most to me because he was a mentor and a protector at the same time. And then for the narrator to have to turn around and take care of Mr. Zogby after meeting him and becoming his caretaker and friend. Did you have a Mr. Zogby in your life? You know, um, I, I certainly did. I had a, a, a couple, you know, I mean, teachers, um, you know, are the unsung heroes of our country. And, you know, they don't, they don't get nearly the credit or money or the, anything they deserve. I did have a Mr. Zogby. And, you know, and um, people who know me, you know, will, 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 will and I wrote the book part, partially for him because he died very early in the epidemic and um, he needs to be remembered. But, you know, it's interesting, um, Alvin, because really the narrator, you know, doesn't take care of Zogby. He, 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 he abandoned Zogby um, be, because um, the, you know, the, the, the horror and the terror of walking someone to their death, right. you know, um, it, it's just too much for him. And, you know, he, so he runs away um, from that responsibility. And, um, you know, it is, uh, and it's something he, 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 he pays penance for through all of his shame and guilt that he has, you know, as, as he moves forward, you know, in his, in his life. 
Wow. And, and you know what? I, I, when, when I said that, that he took care of him, it's funny. I'm, thank you for clarifying that for me because, you know, and now that I'm looking back on the character, thank you for, for clarifying that for me. And I just looked at it like, you know, it must have been really hard. First of all, I, my, my partner of 15 years, you know, passed of, of, of AIDS uh, years ago. And so I know what it was like to see him, you know, just his, you, his whole, see him decline. So, and to, to have to go through that, even though it was my partner, a different type of character, but I'm glad you clarified that he did abandon him to, to a certain degree. I, but, I agree with you, yeah. But, but, you, but you didn't. And see, yeah. that's the thing. That, that, and that's the, that's what I think is wonderful about about novels, uh, you know, or, is that everybody who picks it up and reads it is going to read something different into that character right. like, or, or into that experience. They're going to read in, you know, you know, it's what's on the page, but they're going to read in like what their own life experience was. Mm -hmm. And and sounds to me like Alvin King showed up, you know, when he needed to show up. Oh, baby, right? Alvin King did show up. Yes, yes, right. And that's, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Carrie, I have a question. Yes. What was the most difficult chapter for you to write? Hmm. Ooh. I mean, mm, ah, you know, I could I could say things, but they wouldn't be true. Um, <laughs> like I could I could say the rehab chapter. Because um, you know, I mean that 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 that's that stuff is hard to talk about sometimes. But frankly, you know, I think. The, but frankly, you know, um, uh, that that came that came pretty easily. You know, and I, can I just clarify that you know there is a lot of overlap between my life and you know the experiences of the of the narrator. But um, it is the book is a novel. It's fiction. It's not a memoir. There are places that deviate substantially. You know, from my own life, and so um, I don't want to get in Oprah trouble where you know I call something a memoir, and Oprah calls you to the carpet. When when Oprah has me on her show, it has to be all all, all right, all yes. good. Um, but but uh, you know, I think that to to answer, I think the chapter is about my family, um, or the, the which I drew from my own family experience. The chapter is about mm -hmm. the, the family, um, because even though it's a novel, and I you know and I say to people, okay, this is not my mother. This is not my father. This is not, you know. Um, and because the book is written in the first person, um, it is very hard for people to, you know, to make that separation when they read it. And I think, you know, I wanted to, I, I wanted to be fair um, because, you know, our, our, our relationship with our, with, our, with our parents and, you know, with our siblings, they're fraught, you know, they're, they're, they're never all one thing or another. I mean, sometimes they're all one thing and usually that's, when they're one thing, they're usually bad. But, but for most of us, I think those relationships are, you know, um, have, have both, you know, both very loving, particularly for black folks, loving, powerful, supportive, um, you know, uh, experiences with our parents, but then also the ways in which our parents knew how to love us, which was, you know, often using shame as a tool to, you know, keep us, to teach us about the world, um, you know, um, you know, being overly hard on us, the whole kind of, you got to be twice as good kind of thing. So, so, so I think those, the, those chapters were hard because when I was writing about the narrative's uh, family, and, and of course you have to, you know, write about, you know, the, the, the family of origin, the home experience, how, what made this person into who he or she is. Um, I wanted to do it with a fairness, but but a fairness that did not feel like patronizing, that did not feel like, oh, he's just trying to be balanced. But that, you know, like parents, mothers, fathers, they're 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 never one thing or or all one thing or another. Um, they're loving us, but they're also trying to protect us, and that can be painful. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, those, those, those were the tough chapters. And then also, you know, I mean, the chapter at the, towards the end, you know, when he has, uh, the narrator has the experience with his dealer, um, which I won't, you know, reveal, um, 
anything more about it to say, honey. Yeah, you, you all need to get the book for that. Well, we have no, a no spoiler deal here on the show. Right. Yeah. Now, Voss just asked you about what was the most challenging, but one of my favorite, favorite chapters is chapter right. five, Paradise Regained. Right. There is no way. What, there is uh -huh. no way you could not have been standing in the middle of that room. I've been to Paradise Garage. And that chapter made me put on the song that you mentioned in that chapter. I had to find it on Google because I had never heard it before. It was Which song, one? It was a song that um, got, I have it in my notes. I don't want to reach over. Um, but it was a song that kind of got the, got, got the night started before you and, uh, I'm sorry, before Steve and the narrator oh. started dancing. Right. Uh, 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 it's, a, it's, the flute, it's the flute solo. Harlem River Drive you're talking about. It is the flute solo. Harlem River Drive. I had to put yeah. that song on in my house while I was reading right. it because that chapter, right. you wrote that chapter every word for word and I knew exactly what you were talking about. Alvin B. King, you don't look old enough to have been up in there when I was up in there, but um, I will say that uh, song um, is Bobby Humphreys, um, yes. Harlem River Drive. And it's one of, if you're a garage head or if you're from that era, you know, that's, that's one of, that was a warm-up song. That, that was, you know, what Larry would play, you know, when the floor was still empty. Um, just, but it's an amazing song, right? Uh it's that was my right. that was my favorite chapter, and thank you. Flowers will be coming to you soon. Okay, for that for that for that compliment. So thank you for that. All right, that's yeah. not, that's all I'm gonna say to that. Okay. 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 <laughs> so, Once upon a time, not long ago, I too was a hoe, and I can appreciate that chapter. You two were a, a what? Repeat that, please. A hoe. You two were a, a please. Okay, great. And it's <laughs> and I'm just watching Norman backstage, just going. Uh -huh. We keep getting notes. We keep getting private notes that this is a family show. Okay, right, so, right, 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 right. We have to reel <laughs> it in. So you've already talked about um, some of the two characters that you liked, and you also right. talked about it being a little difficult to write about the people that were sort of your parents. Right. The parents, right. But who was your favorite character to write about? Well, like I said, Lupita, I want to date. I mean, I, I, I wrote that character, I mean, physically and, you know, sort of, you know, sort of, um, you know, his jocularity, his kind of, you know, I mean, he, 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 he just makes me happy when I, when, when I would sit down and write him, you know, um, and he, he's the character that refers to the narrator as deep thoughts. And uh -huh. so right. um, I just think Little Peter's just, just fun, fun, fun. Um, but, you know, how can I say anything but, you know, answer your question with anything other than Regina? I mean, you know. Uh -oh. uh, Regina. Regina. Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I mean, um, we all need a good Judy. Y'all need a you need a good Judy, and you 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 probably need you need multiple Judys throughout mm -hmm. your life, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, but you need one um, because I think the relationship with women, and you know, I'll, I'll say straight women in particular, um, is um, it's like no other relationship. I mean, and and through thick and through thin, you know, all the trials and tribulations that the narrator goes through. Regina is there uh, for him until she says at a certain point, that's enough. Like I'm out um, because you going through too much. I'm trying to be here for you. And because see, Regina is pretty healthy as, as, as a, and that's why I like her because she's, she's healthy. She's not this codependent kind of person who's just like, Oh, you know, whatever you do, I'm going to come in and pick up the pieces. Um, you know, that's a, a sort of a way of, of using friends, I think, and, and using women in particular. Um, she, um, but she, 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 she's steady. And when he's ready for the help she can offer, um, she comes back into his, into his life. And, you know, um, and she goes through her own sort of arc. In, yeah, yeah, right? She right. goes through her own arc. She's biracial. And so she's, she's you know, she's, she's grappling with issues of, trying to be black, you know, and this was before, you know, we black people were allowed to be a whole bunch of things. Not black people can be sort of everything. 
Right. Right. But, <laughs> right. But in in that in the 1980s, not so much. I mean, if you you know you you know there was a pretty strict notion of of how what you could be, how you could talk, how you could dress, how you could do your hair as a black woman, and um, Regina didn't fit that. She's like between right. two worlds, um, and she's struggling with it. And this father and this mother, and um, and uh, so you know they're 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 on they're on parallel tracks, but. Um, but with one around a different set of issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This brings me to this, because you just really are touching on it. <laughs> the name of the book is Desire Lines. Right. And it has so many different meanings to so many different people in this, in this book. That's beautiful, Vash. Go ahead. Keep talking. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean... I, was this intentional? I mean, did the, the did the name come from that? Like, talk to me about that. You know, like intentional. Um, yeah, I meant to do that. Um, <laughs> Oprah um, will love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this stuff kind of happens over time, and like, you know, sort of. Oh wow, look at that! I, you know, I was. This is, here's the thing. Like my 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 publisher, who's Don Weiss at um, KRL Books, um, you know. So, you know, he'd been reading drafts of the book and, and you know, he, 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 said, he said to me, I didn't know what a desire line was until I read, the, the, you know, it was explained in a very late chapter. And then I said, uh oh, that's not good. I don't want people sort of being confused about what it means. So mm -hmm. it's actually now described on the, because I, I understand it's a, it's a concept maybe some people don't know. So it's mm -hmm. now on the first, in the first page of the mm -hmm. book. Um, a desire line, if for any of your 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 your, reader, your listeners who don't know, um, it's a it, if you're in a park or you know it's a path that people create with their feet, right? So there are the cement walkways, and then there are the you know the the the, the paths that people sort of track, you know, through the grass, right? And those are called desire lines. And I was in in a park one day, you know, ten years ago, and I saw a sign that said, you know, avoid desire lines. Um, because the people who run the parks, they don't want you to make those paths, right? Um, they want you to stay on the straight and narrow. But the truth of the matter is we don't um, stay on the, none of us kind of, well, some of us do, but I don't. But that's, um, and, I mean, but that's in but life we, in general, right? Like this is what we're grappling with right now in society is that we have a bunch of people who are trying to tell us, stay on this path, think only this way, don't teach this. We want to keep you here. And the desire lines are driving what is becoming the evolution of the human spirit. That's it. And you can, it, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Um, and that is it, right? Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's, it's they're driving the human spirit, and you know, and so, the, so so they drive you to go get this thing that you want, be it you know, truth, freedom, you know, love, um, self actualization, self realization. It's not it, it's not this way. It's this way. This way. And right. you know, your time is you, you don't have unlimited time, so go get it. Now, there's a downside to desire lines, right? You know. Too is you know it, it, it does sort of damage you know it shakes things up it damage you know it changes the structures things damage damage and and you know and you pay you pay you can pay a price from having to you know uh, from 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 you know walking your desire when society is telling you stay on the path. Um, well, you stopped yourself from yeah. saying damaged three times in that sentence. Okay. Did I? No. Yes, you uh, did. Yes, you did. Right. Well, you know, I think it all comes out in the wash. Um, okay. You know, if if um, if we, well, the, my narrator, for example, um, his fall, you know, um, from grace is around um, addiction, um, and. He, 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 he doesn't stay on the path, right? He, he, he takes this deviation. And, um, and I, that's another critical part of the book. And I hope people will, you know, whatever experiences uh, readers have with drugs and alcohol, um, you know, but he, uh, you know, and, 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 and those are very painful paths. They can, they can kill you. Um, but if you're able to find your way back, not necessarily onto the straight and narrow, but onto your own path, onto your own desire line, right? Then, you know, you can survive and you can thrive.
Well, Carrie, let me ask you this question because we do want to ask you a few personal questions that I, I, I know that our, our viewers want to hear about you. Um, what do you hope readers uh, will take away from your novel? Man, you know, it's, 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 it's happening already. You know, when I finished it, I was like, you know, is this any good? I mean, I knew that some of the writing was good, but did it all hold together? You know, and when people like you tell me you were on the dance floor, you know, with, with the character, that you were moved, it reminded you or it, 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 it brought you back to your experience with your, your lover. That's all I want. I want, I want people to go, wow, this, wow. That's all I want. Um, um, that was your question, right? What, what is it that I... Yeah, what, what would you like um, readers to take away from, from your story or, um, or, or a, after reading your book? I mean, because I know how I felt. And I, and I can tell you, you just said, wow, I have the wow factor right now. Yeah. And, and I've been telling people, first of all, I didn't know that I was privileged or privy to have read the copy because I've been telling people, you got to get it, I'm going to buy it for you. And I will. But um, the wow factor is there. And, and I've been trying to spend time with myself to say, is it because it's personal? Trying to, you know, come up with reasons why this wild factor is here, other than, Carrie, you have just written a darn good book. And the wild factor is there. And every word was meticulously written. I, I went through the chapters like, wow, this man is really taking me on a journey. And so That's the wild factor is there. That's really kind of you to say, and um, you know, there's a poetry in the book, and um, I, um, I, I, I was a poet at one point, you know, back in the day, and so I, I think that's still part of my writing. But, but I, I had to do a lot of editing to make sure that it was also still prose, that the prose flowed and it didn't, you know, go off too far into being too poetic. But I think the poetry can convey the emotion of the period or the emotion of uh, his, his, his loss and his angst and his will to survive, you know? Um, so I don't know, I guess, I guess what I want people to take from it is that there was, you know, this period and there was this generation and, you know, they had an experience and, you know, um, it, it, was, it was painful. It was, um, you know, terribly frightening. Um, you know, we lost many people along the way, but many people, uh, you know, many people survived and we survived, you know, mainly through our good friends and through the people that loved us, family, who just, you know, kept us, you know, from from falling into the abyss. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I know that you're going to be on a tour promoting Desire Lines. As a matter of fact, we are going to bring up... <laughs> Your little tour dates. Let's let's do this. Oh, so where are you going to be? Talk to people so they can come out and see you. Sure. Um, uh, a few dates in New York. Um, uh, Greenlight Books on the uh, September eighth, uh, and then in uh, Philadelphia at uh, Giovanni's Room. Uh, then in uh, uh, San Francisco at Fabuloso Books finishing up, uh, stop in Atlanta, and then finishing up in my favorite city, um, Atlanta, um, at Karis Books on the 23rd of September. Fantastic. And we are going to put into the chat um, your website so that people, let me stop this, so that people can actually uh, go ahead and go to your website find your appearances and find a way to come out and see you at these appearances. Are you going to be reading from the book? Or are you just going to be, what are you going to be doing? I'm going to be reading from the book. They're all hosted by, you know, sort of brilliant writers uh, who are going to be hosting me. And so I'll read from the book for, for a bit. Don't worry. It won't be too long. <laughs> um, and then I'll, uh, you know, we'll do some discussion between me and the host, take some questions from the audience and then sign anyone's, you know, book who would like me to. Well, I did look at your at, at your website and I saw that DC was there, but TBD. And I'm going to say, if you come to yeah. DC, you just make sure that you reach out to Alvin King. I need to make sure that I'm there. Hopefully I'm in town and available because I'm going to make my way to meet you and to attend the, uh, the book signing if that comes to fruition. Um, but I just want to say, 
Thank you for being with us today, Carrie. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, my friend. You, you guys are great, and I'm sure we're going to meet face to face. I'm going to try to come to your your event in Philadelphia. Thanks, Vash. Yeah, we'd yeah. love to see you. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. Well, don't go away. We're going to bring you right back. But, ladies and gentlemen, please clap for our, our special guest, Mr. Kerry Allen Johnson. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. That that was a wonderful interview. Um, thank He's you, fantastic. Vash. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we have been uh, wanting to do this segment of the show, ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and we, we are back with it. Our segment called We See You, where we uh, recognize and, uh, and, and host on our show and feature a Black-owned and operated business. Um, our, our next guest, he, he has launched Harlem Boy Collection which is a culmination of the artistic vision of his feature, uh, of our featured uh, guest, Mr. Richard Leak. It is a vision of design that is urban in its aesthetic and sophisticated in its approach. It is stepped up in the influences of his childhood and what vibrant fashion and vast environment landscape that is New York City, his hometown. His work is inspired by the uh, movement and, and whimsy of dance and by strong lines and symmetry of classic architecture. He interprets all of these influences in a way that is accessible to all. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to our stage the owner, CEO, operator of, <laughs> excuse me, of Harlem Boy Collection, Mr. Rich Lalique. Hey, Rich. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> thank you for joining us. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I, I can't begin to tell you how, how wonderful this feels. Well, thank you for being here. And congratulations on, 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 your, on your new launch of uh, Harlem Boy Collection. Um, and I, I cannot wait to share more about it with our audience. So, Rich, um, do me a favor and um, tell us what is behind the Harlem Boy Collection, and how does this brand come about? Well, I've been an artist um, since I was a child. Um, I always loved to create, but I didn't really embrace it until maybe about 15 years ago where I just said, you know what, you're an artist. And so I just started creating different things, whether it was digital illustrations, whether it was uh, painting, photography, and for the time being, I really didn't do anything with it. And then when I started thinking about, you know, this could be featured on clothing. This could be, you know, I can, I can make some, I can find a way to turn my passion into a way to support my family and take care of myself. And um, that's what my entrepreneurial journey has really been about. How do I take my different passions and find a way to make them make money and, and support me. Okay. Well, and herein lies <laughs> Harlem <laughs> Boy Collection. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. That's fantastic. Now, you're actually wearing uh, one of your pieces. Yes, and we have your website. We're going to bring up your website. Because yeah. I'd like to know, like, what are some of, like, take us through some of your collection. Okay, sure. Right? I mean, this is your website. It's HarlemBoyCollection.com. Correct. Uh, right. We've got some of your featured products. And so Harlem Boy Collection is, I like to kind of think about it as a department store. Okay. Um, so they're going, they're, there are many different product lines. We have HB Women, we have footwear, we have bags, we have swimwear, um, t-shirts, um, women's wear, um, home goods, um, leather bags, not leather bags, um, eyewear, anything that I can figure out a way to um, incorporate my artwork, my vision onto the product, mm -hmm. onto a quality product, that's what I want to bring to the collection. Um, this particular design, I call it Electric Kiss, comes in um, <laughs> wonderful jewel tone colors, sapphire, gold, um, ruby, mandarin, um, that, that's that's one of my signature things. I I love jewelry. This is this is the shirt here. Yeah. The shirt that he has on here. Okay. Yeah, I think this is actually the shirt that he has on that right you now. Have on now. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. And as you can see, the the women's wear collection. 
um again swimwear there's going to be um you know an underwear line for both men and women and then the other thing is that i'm trying to create things that are inclusive of every size right. um right. so my my goal is to next adjust my designs to work for all different body types so rich let me ask you how do you how, how are your how would you um define your price points i have something for everyone i have something for everyone we have um vegan leather bags that can be purchased for 40 or 50 dollars and canvas bags for 40 or 50 dollars but we also have napa leather bags that you know the duffel bag for example which features my um signature mud cloth pattern which i call one nation under god um, and you can see it right there. There's a duffel bag as well as several women's um, bags um, that um, is made out of Napa leather and retails for about six um, six hundred dollars. So the price range it goes it goes across the gambit. Okay. Something so for everyone. Definitely affordable. Yes. Yes. So I know that when I actually saw that saw that you had launched your brand, I got the impression that you were working through COVID to get to the point where you could, could, could launch your brand. What was it like preparing your brand and trying to open it during COVID when you know people were out of work and, and you still had that creative mind to get what you needed to have done? How challenging was that for you? Well, the challenge in that is, you know, obviously you have to be able to invest money to create certain things, um, you know, whether that be building the website. Luckily for me, I'm building it. I, I'm I, I'm a graphic artist and web designer myself, so I was able to do a lot of things that somebody might have to pay someone else to do. I'm able to do that myself. Um, but you know, the investment of that um, of the finances during a time when, yeah, we're all struggling and prices are going up, and people are not able to spend the money that they want, but you go you 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 approach it from a point of faith you know you approach it from a point of faith um i loved listening to the the previous part of your interview um um you know of your program where you know because that was that 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 book is about my life story i came of age in new york in the 80s and 90s as a young black gay man um i may have been a little too young for some of the clubs but a lot of the things you guys were talking about, I experienced. And yet here I am, 52, going on 53 years, mm -hmm. and I'm thriving. I found a way to make it work. I found a way to build a life, build a business, build businesses, mm -hmm. have a home, have a family, you know, all of those things. So again, you operate on faith. And I, I think that's something that came out of coming of age during that time. You, you t kind of touched on this. You said you have multiple businesses. Um, the Harlem Boy Collection is clothing, but you also do other things. Yes, you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You do travel, you do furniture, you do some media stuff. Talk to us about all that you do. All that. Yes. Well, Harlem Boy Ventures Properties is um, my LLC. That's the parent company um, that holds all of my various enterprises. Harlem Boy Media Design is my graphic and web design business, which is my first baby. That's my that's my firstborn. Um, I started that business approximately 13 or 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. But um, Alvin, and you may remember when I was when when the previous incarnation was RML Consulting, mm -hmm. where we worked on the white attire affair in DC together. I was going to say you just took me back um, almost 20 years. I produced my first white party here with uh, Lettucey, what was our what yes. was our artist. And I still have photos from it. <laughs> you did the graphics for that. I, when you said it, it brought back memories. So, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. And, um, that, you know, so that after a lot of years, I have become a sought after and, and successful designer. I'm, you know, I've done work for Coca-Cola. Um, I am, my company is now, um, the director of digital content for a website called Harlem America, which is a digital network as well as a, um, digital online magazine. Um, 
you know, I've done, and that has allowed me to do web pages for various celebrities that are included in that website, you know, like Felicia Rashad, um, um, Valerie Pettiford, um, the list could go on and on. Um, then my second child, which I started um, about two years ago, is bookitblack.com. Um, I love to travel. Um, haven't been able to do it as much because of COVID. Um, but Book It Black is, you know, the slogan is travel more, spend less, but always Book It Black. Cool. You know, the, and my goal for that company is to eventually do um, curated travel for Black gays and lesbians to various parts of the world. Um, I think one of the trips that I would love to do is like take 20, you know, 20 to 30 couples to Mykonos, you know, um, in a summer where we just go and have a week and a, cur a curated trip where we can all just be ourselves <laughs> and, and, and travel amongst one another, but really get into the cultures. Well, I might have to get a couple, but you go, I me, mean, I might have to get a second, but you make sure you keep me on that <laughs> on, on, on that list because, you know, I'm sure I, I, I can make that work. Okay. I will definitely. <laughs> and then um, Harlem Boy Collection, which is the clothing line, which again, I've always been into fashion. I've always tried to, um, to have something different. I don't like to look like everyone else, but at the same time, I'm not out there out there so i wanted something that reflected what i would wear um part of my line is the ket by harlem boy collection um which is a partnership that i've done with kevin edward taylor who is a um, pastor in newark and a former colleague of mine from bet he's a wonderful um interviewer I'm, alvin i'm pretty sure you know him um, i do i do know of him i i yes. definitely know of him yes i do Yes. And, you know, the the tagline for that for this is share the inspiration. Kevin comes up with the quotes. I come up with the artwork and we've done some wonderful T-shirts, mugs, home goods um, that, you know, bags that, um, you know, just kind of reflect the positive, the positivity that he brings to his ministry. You well, know, the church you're looking at right there comes in several. Uh, I desire what I deserve, and I deserve what I desire. Mm -hmm. um, that that shirt comes in a lot of different colors, as well as the rainbow on blast version that you're seeing right there. Um, but you know, again, it's just a matter of way of bringing out some positivity, and um, you know, share the inspiration. That's 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 you know what I what I try to tell people. Well, I told people when we came on that we were bringing on an entrepreneur, a business owner. But as I told you, he is a quadruple. Is a quadruple threat, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> I, I want to put up um, your Harlem uh, uh, Boy Collection uh, website page again, because that's how people can uh, can contact you yes. and, and get in touch with Rich. But I want to say thank you for being on our show, Rich. Um, you know, congratulations to all that you're doing. And I want everybody to go out and support him because he is a black owned business and he is doing the darn thing. So congratulations. Last brother. thing, um, Alvin, um, yes. you know, and this is something that I tell people all the time, mm -hmm. you know, support is a verb, but there's so many different ways to support, you know, whether you, whether you see something you like there and you want to shop, you can shop, but it's also support to share share it with someone else send you know if you see the ad share it with someone who might like it even if you don't that's how we can support one another and i thank you guys for the support um in this new venture for me thank you so much you are so thank you thank you again rich thank you and thank you for those kind words can we bring uh carrie back back on the stage uh before we go well ladies and gentlemen this is uh we, we are near the end of our show and uh, before we go, I want to say thank you again to our special guest, Carrie Allen Johnson, for being here. And congratulations on your new book, Desired Lines. And to Mr. Rich Lalique, congratulations uh, to you on the launch of Harlem Boy Collection and all your other endeavors. Uh, next week, ladies and gentlemen, on August the 26th, Bosch and I are starting a new series that we've been working on called Aging While Black. And we will have a panel of black men over 50 and we're going to talk we're going to have an open discussion and again it's a new series so it has the potential to grow and grow and grow 
But tune in next week for our inaugural um, uh, uh, show on, on this topic, and we promise you, you will not be disappointed. Our words of the week this week, desire is, starting, is a starting point for all achievement, not a hope, not a wish, but a keen pulsating desire which transcends everything. And that is a quote by Napoleon Hill. So once again, we want to thank you all for, for joining us tonight. Thank you to our special guests. And we look forward to seeing you next week on our next episode of He Said. He Said. He Said. He Said. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Thank you guys for joining us. Have a, have a great weekend. And uh, again, thank you for, for, for being here tonight. God bless. Okay.